my community friends and welcome back to another episode of the Churchill Fellowship Smart Mobility Podcast and welcome back to Smart Calm Posse. Now in this episode I'm going to talk about my time in London but first a couple of thank yous to my crew in Denver. So I went to the Smart Cities Connect conference and so Chelsea Collier helped me get in on that one and moderate the panel, which I spoke about last time. Um, So thank you to Chelsea and Regina for organising everything. And thanks to the uh, South Australian delegation that I met while I was over there. I went to Japan with Andy Roberts in, when was that, last year. Uh, So it was great to see him again and see the rest of the crew And also, thank you to Becky Watkins. Now, Becky is an electrical engineer, and we just had some really great conversations about smart regions and smart rural areas. So thanks, Becky, for coming over and chatting with me when we were both kind of standing around one of the events. It was really great to meet you, and I really hope that we will have some great conversations in the future, which I'm sure we will, because I think the smart regions or the smart rural approach and and the focus on that is so important, particularly in America and Australia. I mean, everywhere, but particularly when we've got these quiet, spread out populations and how do we ensure that the technology that's appropriate can still, and, and the concepts can still reach our regional areas. So let's jump into London. So whilst visiting London, I met with a number of different people, a number of different groups. Um, I was hosted by Arab, so thank you, Arab. It was really great to have some really amazing conversations with a number of different transport planners, engineers, and people working in the space, and people doing lots of things, not just in London, but also in the European context as well. And I was asking lots of people about what's the biggest pain point of transportation. And tied for first is probably congestion and pollution, which obviously are interrelated and go hand in hand. This congestion is different to the American continent. It's congestion of all the modes that are available. So even though they have an extensive public transport network, this congestion of the tube, the bus, and just not having enough space for all the people. And yes, driving of cars is a big factor uh, to be included in that, but there is an extensive public transport network and it is overcrowded and overcongested and they've had to do some pretty innovative, some very basic things to ensure that it continues to remain safe. And so how did I get around? Safe and efficient, I should say. Mostly by tube and bus, a little bit of Uber and a little bit of taxi and a lot of walking. I also caught the regional train out to Coventry and to visit WMG at the Warwick University. And we talked about the cab test beds, which was really interesting. It's a bit expensive though, to be honest. I wouldn't want to do it every day, but it was okay for me. And then what I noticed about London is there's lots of things happening in the space and there's lots of governance around those things. 
And so the government has really focused in on these and is starting to set up these public-private partnerships or some are private, some are public, or some are a combination. And so I was able to visit two of the teams that are creating test beds. There are a number of test beds that are already in planning or functioning. And there's a recognition that there'll be a standard set for entry for these test beds, which is important, but then they're all uh, privately owned and so must remain competitive. But this isn't done in isolation. There was a recent merger of the transport systems and the future cities catapults, which is now the connected places catapult, which I think signals a change in the thinking, a shift in the right direction, a maturity of the conversations that we're having and will continue to have. And the other thing that came into effect is the ultra-low emission zone. So they already had a low emission zone, but now this is the ultra-low emission zone in a certain area of the city. So if you go into there, you have to pay, and I think it's a quite a substantial amount, £12 something, which you have to pay once and then that covers you for the day. What I'm going to do is look further into what this is funding and whether it's going into increasing sustainable transport options as well as regional connections, hopefully. So the theme of this episode is growth. So we have growth in our smart community thinking. We have growth and expansion of the market of smart mobility. And then we have the growing pains, population growth, the outgrowing the capacity of the network. So let's start with growth in smart community thinking. So as I mentioned, the interesting things that happened while I was there, which is the ultra low emission zone. So this is about sustainable growth. So how are we going to move forward with all these things growing? But also remember that it's not just us. We're talking about the environment and the health of people. I mean, even if we didn't think about the environment, the reason the ultra-low emissions that came into effect, I mean, there's many a reason, I'm sure, but it's the health of the people. The people are saying this pollution that the transport network and other things are causing, we need to reduce that to improve the health of our people. And I think the growth in smart community thinking is linking those things together. And the next thing is the future cities and transport systems catapult merging into the connected places catapult. So catapults were set up by the UK government, Innovate UK, and they are not-for-profit, independent technology and innovation centres. So there's a number of different catapults. So they connect businesses with UK research and academic communities And so they're looking into a whole bunch of different smart city things. So we've got digital, we've got cell and gene therapy, offshore renewable energy catapults. There's a lot of different ones. And so I think connecting the transport systems with the future cities into connected places really shows that we're integrating those two things together, which is something we've talked about a lot. And so the next thing about this growth in smart community thinking is there's a growth in storytelling and sharing across the globe. So learning from the different tests and pilots and things that other people are doing. So I went to the Smart Transportation and Mobility Conference, which was co-located with the Smart to Future Cities Conference. And so this sharing of stories, I think, is really important, which obviously we talked about a lot in the last episode. But now this is opening up and sharing stories across the EU and learning but also identifying the strengths that are able to be utilised and built across different areas and countries. So there are certain countries that have a focus on certain aspects of the system. 
And I think we can really hone in on the expertise in those areas. So with the UK, we're really looking at CAVs and CAV testing, which we'll talk about a little bit in this next point. But the conference itself, it was really interesting to hear about all the different projects that are happening and listening to both there was vendors there, but also the local governments and the state government agencies and what things they're actually focusing on. And also, it wasn't just from the UK, it was across the whole EU. So that was really interesting. And I'm really glad that I got to go to that conference. Now let's go to the next point, which is growth and expansion of the market of smart mobility, which is what we were just talking about. So setting up of governance. So having specific agencies that are dealing with certain issues or challenges or focus areas. And I think that that's really important. And you can see coming to the EU, but, and we'll talk about the other areas uh, that I've been to in the other episodes, but setting up those specific focus groups, not that they're groups, but agencies is really important. So then we can actually get the right amount of funding and budget and people working on it and resources really honing in because that's their job. If you don't have that, then it's nobody's job. So it will just get done when there's time and money and resources available, which let's face it, that's not very often. And you only get passionate people that are trying to push it. You actually put some budget and funding behind it. That's our budget, funding and resources behind it. That's when the real magic kind of happens because it makes it really, really real. So in the UK, so expanding this market of smart mobility. So we've got the CAV testing facility set up. And so what does the UK want to be known for is something that came up in my head a lot. So we've got over 70 CAV projects and then you have governance groups uh, like Meridian that are also set up to influence policy around autonomous vehicles and connected vehicles. And so you've got people really focusing in on those areas. And then like we were talking about too, sharing stories across the globe. So when we're looking at, say, if the UK is going to set up all these CAV testing facilities, maybe that's when we go to the UK to get this done. And then maybe for other countries or, or cities, they're really focusing in on air quality or something like that. So we go there to look at what they're doing in air quality and learn from that. Or we've got Ireland looking at road user charging, for example, because they've got a lot of people looking at these things. I think that's really important to kind of have areas of excellence in certain parts of the world. But then also realizing you don't have to be there to be working on that because we've got this whole smart community network, right? So we can pull in the knowledge that we need, pull in the people that we need in a digital sense. So we can talk to people. We don't necessarily have to go all the time to the area or live there or whatever, but actually opening up that network and using that to our biggest advantage. And so I think that's the growth and expansion of the market of smart mobility. Now there's a market for this. So there's a business case to really invest in the infrastructure. So I think that's really important. It's a shift globally. I mean, the Europeans have been talking about smart community or smart city for a number of years before we got onto it in Australia. So it was interesting to see where it's kind of progressed to. And hopefully that will be a similar thing that's happening in Australia as well. So the next one is growing pains. So the other thing that was mentioned a lot across the globe is population growth, people coming into the urban areas and just population growth in general. 
and so it's outgrowing the capacity of the current network. And London is set to be one of the mega cities in the European context. And you look at London and, you know, you've got all these regional areas, these regional hubs as well that need to be connected. I mean, you have that everywhere, but you can see that the network reaches out to these regional areas. And talking to people is these legacy systems of both, you know, the train system and it needs expanding and upgrades. And there are a number of stations that were exit only during peak hour which obviously shows the, how many people are trying to get in and out of the tube stations. And the ultra-low emission zone, not that I looked into it too much because I didn't have to pay it myself, but being able to use satellite-based payment systems or tag, toll tagging, etc. Um, at the moment, you can't do that because there's a legacy system issue. And the capacity of the roads, you know, we talk about not needing more roads, but the capacity of the roads to carry more public transport and also allow active transport is something else that's being worked on a lot. There's such a high demand for the public transport that it's really hard to close down a section of the tube or maybe even people would say impossible. So how do you expand a network? You need some really smart thinking somehow. Expand the network that's in such high demand that you cannot possibly close parts of it, etc. But there is a lot of construction happening around London. So that's why growth really came to me because there's all these things happening, expanding, increasing the infrastructure, building new things. So dealing with this and then dealing with disruption, I think, is really important. So I'm talking about this construction disruption, but then also the gaps that ultimately are shown or come out when we're grappling with this immense growth legacy systems trying to move forward in this space there's going to be gaps and so is it the role of the private sector to kind of fill those gaps the other thing that i came across was here is that the city mapper which you can use as a, a route planning or travel planning app it has now created this city mapper pass so in london you can just use your credit card to travel tap on tap off which is really useful but what CityMapper have done is now they're just using a MasterCard and they charge an amount per week, which includes public transport and I think also rideshare to a certain limit. And so you can use this to tap on, tap off. And yes, for the moment, they'll be losing money. That's the model, right? Potentially. And But then in the future, if they kind of are the person to do this. Um, so this has been done without any as far as I know, out any consultation with Transport for London. So we have this disruption and that's both physical and digital. So it's something we need to always be thinking about because the private sector will come in and fill those gaps for us if they're there and they're obvious. But then we need to make sure that the community interest is front of mind, not just profits. And I think you can do both. And it just comes from relationships and integrating and collaborating, genuinely collaborating with the different parties. So I think moving with this growth, we have unprecedented change, both physical and digital. And before we would learn from the past, but how do we do that when nothing like this has ever happened before, I think is going to be really fascinating and so I really enjoyed my time in London and thanks everyone who was able to meet with me. I met with so many different amazing people and working in different spaces, but ultimately connecting these 
the places, the transport with this population growth is something that was really paramount and all the issues that come along with that. So that's all for me for now. Talk again soon. Have the best day. And as always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Thanks so much for listening to this exclusive Churchill Fellowship Smart Mobility podcast. And thanks so much for your support and being part of SmartCom Posse. Please let your family and friends know and encourage them to come over and join our Posse. Posible.com and search My Smart Community. Thank you.